All right. Thank you for joining us. Our show today, Transforming Your Health Naturally. Today, we'll reveal how one doctor went from being physically active yet feeling sick and 20 pounds overweight in college to a much healthier version of himself. At first, he wasn't too sure what was going to happen to him, but over time, he realized that his health was falling apart, and he didn't, if he didn't make any changes, he was going to be in big trouble. More importantly, you'll discover how this personal experience ended up changing his entire life, especially his professional career. We'll talk about his journey, the value of functional health tests, the struggles, and how to overcome them, which is most important, plus important tips that go beyond diet and nutrition to truly transform your health for the better. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Vincent Esposito to our show. Dr. Esposito, welcome. Hey, Jonathan. Thank you for having me on today. Pleasure to be here. So as a chiropractor, what made you focus so much on nutrition? Tell us about that. Yeah, so it's actually an interesting story, and it kind of starts, uh, like you said, when I was in college. So I played, I was lucky enough to play baseball in college, and actually that's kind of what got me to go into chiropractic to begin with, because um, when I was on campus, I had a work-study job, and my work-study was essentially being an assistant to the head strength and conditioning coach, which was really cool. I got to work with a bunch of other varsity athletes, work them through, you know, different warm-ups and workout regimens and the whole deal, and part of it was I got to work with people who were rehabbing from injuries. And at this point, I was, you know, around, like, a junior or so in college, and I really actually liked rehab, and that was my initial plan to go into rehab and either go into physical therapy or chiropractic and I ended up going to chiropractic school with the intent to really focus on mostly sports rehab that was what I liked doing that was what I had the most experience with and personally I actually really liked it and that was just what I was into Um, what was interesting though is while I was in college I had a bunch of different um, health issues, and I'm from Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York, and both of my parents were kind of born and raised here, and from kind of what you would imagine to be a typical Italian-American family, and so I was kind of exposed to a lot of different foods and a lot of the heavy Italian food, and I was kind of around it my whole life, and obviously love it. I still love cooking now. It's a big part of what I try to do with my patients, but I never really cooked on my own. I just liked watching and learning kind of from afar, and what happened was when I went to college, I noticed I started gaining a lot of weight. Um, It was kind of funny because I was always very active. Like I said, I was playing sport. Um, I was kind of doing all the extra things I thought was help, whether it's, you know, extra practice time or running sprints, whatever it is, but I was still kind of gaining weight, and I started having issues I never really had before, some of which were things like IBS-type symptoms, bloating, um, you know, diarrhea, a lot of these issues that never really had before, and I I wasn't really sure where it was coming from. We kind of just joked about it in college, 
you know, we would talk about how, like, the food would kind of just run through us from all that cafeteria food we used to eat and didn't really think anything of it. And then by the time, you know, two, three years later, I'm a junior, senior in college, and I'm, you know, I'm not that tall. I'm about, you know, 5'9", five, 5'10", five, and I was pushing 200 pounds, and I was, I wasn't really sure why I thought I was doing the right things. I still tried to pick the right things even at the cafeteria and the dining halls, but it's tough to do it when you have your limited options and things of that nature. And I just didn't really know what to do, and I just kind of suffered with these health problems really throughout college. And even when I started chiropractic school, just after I finished college, about two months later, I was back in again. And this is kind of where the transformation started for me. So it was really the first time I was living by myself. And at this point, my goal was really to still do sports rehab and go that route, but I had to kind of teach myself how to cook. So the first thing I really did was call my mom, because she was always the cook in the family, and went through a bunch of the basic things that she used to make for us as kids and things like that. So my first really uh, exposure to cooking was learning these Italian dishes that I used to have as kids, so things like uh, pastas and chicken palm, like you name it, I was cooking it. And that those first really like year and a half, two years of, of school, it was me kind of learning the basics of the kitchen and how it works. But I didn't really look at it as a source that could improve my health and I was still having kind of the same issues at this point now that I finally that I got in college and they weren't going away. And it wasn't really until I started taking some more biochemistry classes and some introductory nutrition classes where I was lucky enough to have some really good teachers that started linking essentially the things we eat to how they can alter biochemistry and ultimately, you know, how we feel, certain symptoms, and a lot of them began to match up with what I was having. So I was kind of having, so now I'm about two years in the chiropractic school, and I'm at this kind of crossroads. I, I still really like the sports rehab aspect, but I'm learning so much about this nutrition, and it's really interesting. And at this point, I decided to concurrently go for um, a master's degree in human nutrition and kind of continue down that road and down that loophole, uh, down that rabbit hole. And at maybe about halfway through my third year or so, I decided, listen, like, I'm learning all this stuff. I need to kind of, now I know what I'm doing in the kitchen. I finally learned on my own. It's time for me to, like, to use myself essentially as my first guinea pig, as my first lab experiment, for uh, lack of a better term. And so I started changing a lot of things. I cut out dairy. I cut out mostly all gluten. I started buying only really organic produce. Um, limited my meat consumption a lot and would really pick and choose what I would get based on where it was coming from. And lo and behold, over the first maybe month, three or four weeks, a lot of those kind of IBS-type symptoms went away. And over the first few months, and I started losing a lot of that weight. And then by, I want to say, about between five and six months, I was back down to the weight I had before I even entered college. And that's 
when it, it kind of hit me. I was like, wow. I mean, if you're just willing to to be committed and and really stick to it and and kind of do it the right way instead of as I'm sure many of your listeners know about a ton of crash diets you can do and things like that, but if you actually come up with a solid plan and stick to it and most importantly make it sustainable that I can do, maybe not today, well, today also, you know, six months, a year, two, three years down the road, that's actually going to be the way for it, for you to kind of sustain your health long term as opposed to kind of waver up and down and that's kind of how I got to where I am today. So flash forward, I graduated, I got, um, you know, my chiropractic degree, I have my master's, and rather than going that traditional route, I, I really think it's, especially with the amount of people now that, you know, heart disease is the number one killer in, in the States, and I think the best way to go about it is to kind of reteach these, these, um, these kind of habits and really try to retrain yourself and once you kind of do that you're able to to sustain it long term and that's really what I see my goal as now is to try to train reteach new habits and you know hopefully make them sustainable long term to the point where my patients don't have to come back and see me hopefully ever again and that's that, that was kind of how it all transformed yeah and no doubt you know Dr. Esposito people need feedback. A lot of people can relate to what you're saying in terms of struggling with weight issues, health issues. You know, they're looking at their life. They don't know where it's gotten to this point, how it's gotten to this point. They know that it's breaking down. Let's shift our attention to those people out there. Great story you told us, but now thinking about those other people, in your opinion, going back to what I just mentioned about people really need feedback what is your opinion about some of these functional health tests that you hear about, whether it's the urine, the blood, saliva? Do you put these into practice when you're dealing with people right away? Do you talk to them? How do we go about first understanding the value of these tests? Do you use them? Oh, absolutely, I do, although there's kind of a caveat. You know, it's funny. I went to school for my master's in chiropractic degree in Connecticut, and now coming back to New York, a lot of the specialty lab tests that actually don't even run in New York. The, the labs aren't, it's unlawful for them to work here, to work here. So I've kind of had to finagle different ways around it. Now, that being said, do I use them? Of course I do, just not a lot of the specialty ones. So it's more of the standard stuff you might get from Quest or LabCorp and stuff like that. You kind of tinker and go from there. Now, I do think the, the blood test, the urine test, the stool analysis, the ones I'm allowed to do, the best way to get the most out of them is to, I think, have at least some sort of baseline. And when patients come in to me, you know, if they've had recent work done within the last, say, like three months, we can use that as the baseline and then try to follow up, you know, every quarter, ideally, every three months, and we can kind of track progress. So I think it's really important for especially patients out there to know what your baseline is because how can you track improvement? At least you have an objective measure where you can, you know, follow it over, over time and make sure you're doing the right thing. So if you come back and you see improvement, we see, okay, now we kind of know what we're doing. We can continue down this road. But if it doesn't, that's, that should also be a trigger. Either maybe the treatment isn't working the way we think. Maybe there's some un other underlying issue we're not addressing and that needs to be brought to the forefront. And it's not necessarily, it's, 
to try to take the guesswork out of it as much as possible, right? That's the point of these tests in the first place. Can you just explain briefly what you mean by baseline? I think people need more specifics. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. Yeah. So if you're going to come into the to work with a doctor uh, or someone who practices functional medicine, it's really important to understand where you are at the point of coming in because that'll further elucidate maybe whatever whatever issues you're having or either they'll confirm them or they might uncover some underlying issue that might need to be addressed and that might be that might not be something that even as the practitioner you might pick up on immediately and it could just uncover something else that again might be contributing to the bigger picture so if you have these tests available and they're run in a way that we have more information before we come up with a full-blown health plan it only benefits I think the the consumer, the patient, to have the most ideal, customized experience for them, and what should work for them going forward in, in hopefully the most efficient way possible. It's really to improve efficiency and improve outcomes. And the more information you have, the better it is for practitioners like myself or other functional medical doctors to give you the best quality care and and work with you going forward. I think that's really where they come in. Right, right. But what I mean is the actual names of the tests, what the purpose are, what 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 do they reveal? You know, people really need to have a better understanding what these tests are and the value. Okay, yeah. So some of the major ones I think that cover a lot of the bases are you can get a full CBC, um, uh, red blood cell count essentially, but it covers all your White blood cell counts as well. Um, comprehensive metabolic panels are great because they cover things like liver enzymes. There's kidney biomarkers in there. There's uh, glucose metabolism. Liver panel is also in there. So this covers a lot of things we see nowadays. Cholesterol levels are very high in a lot of our population. So running um, a full cholesterol panel, it could highlight a bunch of things. Uh, hypothyroidism is a big thing. So trying to understand full a full thyroid panel, so, you know, your T3, your T4, your TSH, your uh, thyroid antibodies, which are really important because Hashimoto's is the number one cause of hypothyroiditis, so, of hypothyroid, excuse me. So, a lot of these basic tests can really highlight a bunch of different systems that may or may not be involved with what's going on. And there are some other great really common nutrient deficiency tests too. So nowadays, especially, you know, you and me right now, we're sitting in a room. I know it's raining here in New York, so I can't get outside. But the more sedentary lifestyles we have now, we're not getting outside as much. So vitamin D is really important, important test to run. Vitamin B12 is also a really good marker for things like uh, megaloblastic anemia, folate's another one when we're talking about, especially now with all the information out on the uh, MTSHR gene and uh, issues methylating and methylations involved in, you know, over 200-something reactions in the body. So getting more information from those tests in particular can go a long way in extrapolating what you might need to do and what could work best for you going forward. So I hope that answered your question. No, no, it does. And look, we get beyond the tests. You're telling somebody about deficiencies, issues that have to be addressed, I think it's going to be no surprise to somebody in terms of 
nutrient deficiencies or toxicity that may be going on. Obviously, you're learning as you go along and talking to somebody, but let's address some of the big struggles that you see people dealing with and how you help them with it. Go ahead. Sure. So one of, I think, the biggest issues I come across on at least the day-to-day working with patients is, I mean, listen, we live in the age now of technology and it's all, there is a wealth of information out there, and it's, I think it's to the point where there's an information overload, and when there's so many things out there, much of which contradicts each other, I think if you're going to try to go down this road alone, you need to have some sort of guidance, or you can get caught really going down a rabbit hole that might not necessarily be the right thing. And I, I see this all the time, and this happens with patients who come in who might like crash diet or try maybe a specific supplement without doing it in the right context, and then they wonder either why, you know, they might have had some some improvement, and then, it, you know, their symptoms came back, or they might have not got anything at all. And the reality is there's just so much information out there, it's just not put together in a cohesive way, I think, for a lot of people to understand, and in a way that I think that you can follow long term and that's kind of how I describe what what I do is in in the realm of kind of all this clutter how can you focus it down how can you take the stuff that is important the stuff that might that you might not need and put it into kind of an actionable form and I really think nowadays as practitioners this is more important than ever just with the rise of the internet and information out there I really think I don't think there's anything out there that in in terms of facts that patients can't actually look up on their own nowadays. Uh, patients are smarter than ever because they have access to more information than people did ever before. And But the problem is with so much of it out there, it's just really hard to find out which what might be best for you and to cut, really cut through that clutter. And I really think that is that's really the job of, myself and other practitioners nowadays, is how do you kind of streamline that? How do you take the useful information and give it to patients in, no pun intended, a digestible way? So let's get into some of the details then, Dr. Esposito, because this has got to help people who are struggling right now. They need focus. Focus is so important. Some of the basic health tips that you tell people to start with, what would they be? Right. So I think the, the basic thing, and this is, it's almost ubiquitous because a lot of the times now, listen, we have more food options at our fingertips than ever before, whether it's fast food restaurants, whether it's something like Grubhub or Seamless, food, we, we can get food at our fingertips. And, and usually the, the best place to start is to really take autonomy, take, take ownership over the food you're eating. And the best way to really do that is to to get in the kitchen and, and, and learn on your own and, you know, go food shopping and, and really look for, like, go through, you know, the produce sections and understand what the differences are between, you know, organic versus conventionally raised produce and animal products and things of that nature. And just un- going to the store with a plan, I think, really gets the ball rolling. And, and I think my goal with people is to just... Be open and, and really try to embrace trying to learn a new habit. And usually that starts in the kitchen. And depending on the patients, you know, we, we try to come up with plans that are realistic for their lifestyle. Nowadays, 
it's very hectic. So things like preparing ahead of time or, you know, if you happen to have a spouse, you can kind of do it together and make it more more of a kind of communal thing, which is always fun. It's always greater to do things in groups as opposed to on your own and having that support system in place. So when you start, you know, these new plans, it's going to not affect you, but it's going to affect the people closest to you. So I like to have, if you know, the patients live with family members, have them come in, understand what we're trying to do, and hopefully get them on board because that support system is really the key to, to making everything work because if you're going home and you're making different things for different people in the family or, you know, if you don't have a schedule in place, it gets really hard and could be overwhelming. So I think it's really important to just work with someone to help kind of build that plan and, and know how to put a plan in motion and kind of stick with it and again make it sustainable you don't want to make it so drastic that you want that you're going to make these all these huge changes and then have nothing to show for it at the end when a month from now you realize it's unsustainable so that's another big key right is make little changes and i I like going maybe like a week at a time try to introduce something new or try to cut something out or minimize it and over time, you're going to realize, you know, each little victory, each day, each week, each month, these are going to add up, and your overall health is going to improve over time. So instead of looking at a whole meal, a whole, you know, health plan in, in one shot, I have to do all of this starting tomorrow, take a step back and learn what can you do today to make a difference tomorrow, and then you approach that next day and just try to tweak little things and over time you'll really be surprised how how much can change in a week and a month and things like that and it's a really powerful tool to just not go cold turkey is to just make little changes and you'll see how they build up over time i really believe that yeah and i couldn't agree with you more i think the tricky thing is so many of the subtleties that are there between the the stuff that you already said number one if somebody has broken down their health they're feeling depressed they've lost hope And it's hard to believe that even after all these years, I only had a little of this. I only had a little of that. The mainstream media reinforces that idea. Oh, don't be silly. It's only a little bit of this. It's only a little bit of that. And what I'm referring to are toxicity issues. You're talking about chemicals. You're talking about artificial things that are in the food and that it's very hard initially to really let that in and go, wow, you know, to have that aha moment over something so small, at least on the surface, it seems that way, such a seemingly insignificant thing. Oh, my God, I've been consuming toxins all these years, metabolically speaking, it's screwing me up. It's slowing down my metabolism, you know, to make this a simple thing to understand. And it's making me sluggish and it's making me difficult to break down food, to eliminate food, to assimilate nutrients. You know, it just goes on and on all these things. So there's that going on. Plus, on top of that, the other little things you said about, hey, You're all excited, let's say. Let's say maybe you really are on board with all this, but you allow other people's opinions to affect you too much. You go home, you talk to a friend, they roll their eyes, they laugh at you, they make you feel uncomfortable. Now you shut down. All of this is bad news. I don't want one listener 
to act this way. If you feel passionate about something, I always say it over and over again in all my newsletters, make sure you go and do it and stop listening to others, especially if they're trying to get in your way to do something healthy. Dr. Esposito, you know, with only a few minutes left as we're closing out strong here, beyond nutrition, you know, some of those issues that you see, I mean, I talked a lot just now about some of the things I think stop people from making long-term changes, you know, being so focused on other people's opinions. I mean, I could go on and on for an hour, but that's just not something that you should do. Beyond nutrition, what do you see going on that stops people from getting what they really want, which is a leaner, stronger, healthier, more energetic body, you know? Yeah, no, and, and I think you're really alluding to, to the main point, and it's really the social reinforcement. Uh, that is the, the biggest issue, is especially now, like you brought up mainstream media, and I think the biggest thing that they try to push, whether, I mean, you can pick any diet out of the book, you know, the paleo diet, the keto diet, whatever, and many of them are, are promising major, you know, cr- these crash diets promise major things in the span of a couple weeks, and that's attractive to people because, yeah, of course everyone, if I could get better, of course I want to tomorrow, but the reality is, you know, this stuff builds up over time, as you kind of mentioned earlier, like, this is years of, like you said, eating too many, or consuming too many toxins, or being exposed to to all these kind of hazardous things, over years these accumulate, and to think that doing something for a week or two weeks is going to make a difference or even a month is going to reverse all of that is that that's just simply foolhardy. And listen, if, and I really try to impress this upon my patients is to get the people closest to you. They don't have to necessarily agree, but just understand. And, and I think with proper planning, and I think this is really the biggest, the biggest thing I, I can tell people is, you need scheduling it into your life will make the biggest difference, and just having a direct plan, I think, makes the biggest difference. With the amount of information, with you know, social pressure, whether it's friends or family who might not understand or just think you're crazy, if you really believe in it and if you really know this is going to make a difference because it will, I'd really just think coming forward with an argument and showing them and maybe having them help along the process, knowing you can make, you know, oh, these foods really great and they don't taste terrible. And because that, that's another thing too, is you can make all these things taste really good and they can still be healthy. You just need to show, show them. And planning ahead, if you're going to things like a dinner party and you tell them, oh, hey, I can't have this, most people are willing to work with you if you give them a heads up. So just plan ahead of a lot of times, take each week, Take it week by week, but know your schedule that week so you can plan things out, so you can know what you're cooking, if you need to cook ahead of time, if, you know, things come up. I think that's really the best way to go about it is to just have a plan. You can be flexible with it, but if you schedule everything accordingly, it's a lot easier to stay on schedule. And I think that's really the biggest message. Hey, I got something super helpful for everybody out there in just a moment. But, hey, if you enjoyed this podcast and want to say thanks, I've got a great way for you to tell us and to keep your immune system healthy and strong at the same time. Head over to the naturalhealth365store.com. 
Check out some of our many high-quality nutritional supplements that are in our store. I know you'll love it, and we really appreciate your support. Dr. Esposito, that was a great show. Thanks for being with us. And do you have any final words for our audience? Maybe talk a little bit for a moment about your podcast, The Art of Eating. Sure, yeah. So um, The Art of Eating is hosted by myself and Dr. Callie Olson. And our, our goal is to really kind of talk about the things that many of which we talked about today, but kind of give real-world solutions to simple problems that people face on a daily basis. So we talk about everything from food swaps to uh, sleeping tips to having experts in other fields kind of give our audience another kind of voice to learn and, and really just give people actionable advice, things they can do at home. And we actually just launched um, another website uh, with our own classes. So if you want to go and learn from there and kind of listen and take everything step by step, we do that at uh, evokehealth.com. It's E-V-O-K health. Dot com. So we have our podcast link there. We have uh, our courses if you want to give that a sh- uh, check out. I think some of them might be very interesting, especially if you want to get started on your own. So that would, that would be the places to check out, yeah. All right, so I hope everybody enjoyed this podcast and so many of these shows that I'm working on throughout the year. If you like us over at iTunes, really appreciate it. If you could give us a five-star rating, write a nice positive review, really appreciate that as well. That's all for today. We'll have more great shows for you coming soon. Thanks again for being with us. Talk to you soon. Take care.